All right, all right. Hey, guys, listen, before we jump in uh, this morning to our brand new series, man, I have uh, a big announcement for us this morning. I've got a big announcement, uh, something that we have been praying for for a long time as a church, and we've just been really excited to see how God has brought this together. Um, you know, one of, one, of the, one of our church's core values is the next generation matters now. And what that means for us as a church is that we don't believe that, that kids or students are the church of the future. We believe they're the church right now, and it's our job to invest and do whatever we can to reach this generation, the next generation of kids and teenagers. And that's why, for just we talked about the building earlier, that's why the very first thing we started to work on and we wanted to open is our student ministry building. If you're new here, we're, we're, uh, right now we're renovating a building on our future project property over there, the uh, former FedEx property, and that'll be our middle school and high school student ministry building. That is on pace to open up Sunday, uh, April the 5th, Easter Sunday this year, and just a couple weeks actually, we're opening up our student ministry building. And last year, uh, on this stage, I stood up and I asked our church to begin to pray that God would bring us uh, what we're calling a next generation pastor. Somebody that would be our pastor for kids and for teenagers. And, and I'll just be honest, I'll just speak for me personally. I have, I have prayed for a few things harder uh, than this position because this is a key position in our church. Uh, kids matter. Amen, Summit? They matter, man. They just do. And I, and I told somebody when we first started this thing, uh, we're in our fourth year now, when we first started this years ago, four years ago, I told somebody, I said, listen, I'm willing to do this without a lot of things, but I will not do this without kids and students. I won't. I won't, man. And so, so it's a big deal for me that we do this right, that we do this right. And so uh, just on the back back end of this, we have talked to quite a bit of people, actually. We looked at resumes from guys all over the country. Uh, earlier, uh, just, uh, just a couple of months ago, we actually had somebody come from Florida that we were looking at. And, you, you know, we were praying about it as staff and leadership team and, and a lot of our kids and teenage, uh, student volunteers, and we just never felt like God was leading us to somebody um, outside of Summit. And the more we went on in the process, uh, we saw somebody that was stepping up more and more in our student ministry storm uh, specifically, and then more and more in kids. And we just started praying about this person, uh, and it was, it was funny when we actually brought a, a great guy from Florida up here. He was at church with us a couple of, uh, couple of weeks ago, about a month and a half ago. Great guy. Uh, but as soon as I saw that guy, the, I mean, he drove up here from Florida, y'all. As soon as I saw him, I said, we're not supposed to hire him. I didn't say it to his face because that would have been weird. But I said, this is not the guy. And I said, I think I know that the guy is already here. And it was funny because I started praying. I said, God, if you want us to hire this guy, he's already here. He's really stepped up. Uh, and, and all kinds of fruit is coming from his life. God, would you just confirm it? And it was funny. We had kids volunteers come up to me and say, Mark, have you thought about this guy? We had some other people say, Mark, have you thought about this guy? And we just said, you know what? We, we think this is it. And we, we interviewed, uh, and our leadership team met. A lot of our kids volunteers and student volunteers have been involved in this process. And I am excited to introduce to you today uh, our next generation pastor, Austin Rafferty. Austin, would you and Katie come up on stage? 
You can stand up. I think you should stand up for the man and give him some applause as he's coming today, man. It's awesome, man. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, listen, this is Austin. Come here, Katie. Goodness. This is Austin, Katie Rafferty, and they have been coming to Summit for several years. I remember when Austin first came, came on this very first Sunday, uh, I called him because we always call our first-time guests. Yeah, go, you guys go ahead and sit down. Um, and I called Austin the very first ta- time that he came. I was talking to him, didn't know him at all. And, but the very first Sunday he, they came, they volunteered to work in kids. The very first Sunday. That's awesome, y'all. And, which if you're a first-time guest and you're thinking about doing it, don't even think about it. Just do that. Just do that. Um, but I called him that night, and I was talking to him. I said, man, I, heard, I saw you were volunteering in kids. And he told me, like, this was a couple of years ago. He said, man, my dream is to one day be a kids and youth pastor. And here he is. And, uh, and, man, our students have just connected with him. Our kids have connected with him. Our, our volunteers in those areas have connected with him. And I wanted you to hear a little bit of Austin's heart. So Austin is going to come. Uh, he's going to come to Ricky's mic, guys. And uh, Austin's going to share a little bit just about how he met Jesus. And, uh, and then after he's done, uh, I want several. You can, you can stand close to it. It's not you over there. And then you're like, this is awkward. I hate this church. Let's leave, Austin. Um, that's not what she sounds like at all. That's not a Katie impression, by the way. It's a little bit, a little bit though. Um, and then after we're done, I'm going to have several people come up, and we're going to lay hands on Austin. We're going to pray for him. Okay? So you guys just listen to Austin. He's going to give a little bit of his testimony and their story. Go ahead, guys. Is, is this a working? It cool. is. Uh, well, um, yeah, a little bit about me. Uh, I, was, I was raised in a church uh, all my life, practically. And, um, <clears throat> and, and I, as, a, as a little guy, uh, youth group was something I knew about, you know, and was really excited about. Uh, like I knew that you got to go on a lot of cool trips and, you know, you got to see a lot of cool new people. Uh, and it was something I, I was interested in. But, but what I didn't realize was, was the effect that the youth group would have on my life personally. Uh, youth groups where I, I realized, like, man, I needed a personal relationship with, with Jesus Christ. Um, and, and I realized that, man, I have a passion for, uh, for, for kids and for the next generation. And, and like that really developed through through uh, a youth group over in Knott County, and uh, I, I joined youth group and, and like I hung out for a while, and eventually uh, I became older. You know, everybody gets a little older, and and I was one of the guys that I needed to move on, but I was like, no, I'm not ready. You know, like you can't get rid of me, you can't kick me out. That's just not that's just not church like, right? So so they decided like to to give me a position as a as a student leader, and it was the first time. Uh, I really got to, to serve uh, in, in any kind of way at all with, with students, and, and I really felt, you know, God's God's presence in, in that area. And and so, so I worked with the youth there for a while, and, and eventually, uh, actually, God opened some doors. I, I was able to uh, to work at Camp Nathaniel in, in Knott County, and uh, I got to, to to really connect with a lot of cool kids and to invest in their life and, and just do some just see God do some big things. Uh, through me that, you know, that I never imagined was even possible. And, uh, but after camp, uh, you know, well, and by the way, camp is where I met uh, my beautiful wife, Katie. And so that was a big deal as well. And, uh, but after camp, uh, you know, I'm getting older and, and I got this thing called a, a, a job, like a full-time job. I, I got involved with the mining industry and, uh, you know, they don't really, they, they kind of frown upon you taking off your entire summer to work at camp. So, so during this time, I uh, I really had to just put that aside, and I had to you know I had to kind of grow up, and, and really felt like 
that area, that, that part of my life was over. Like, well, you know, I'm, I'm older now. I just, I got to put that behind me. But, uh, but I don't think God was, I, God wasn't done with me. So uh, me and Katie, we got connected, like Mark said, uh, in, in Summit. Uh, we, we showed up and we just wanted to serve. You know, we wanted to, to be used how God uh, wanted to use us. Not how we wanted to be used, but, but how God wanted us. And so, so we signed up and, and I'm just going to say like, you know, serving with kids in the back has been such a blessing. Uh, it's been such a, a, a wonderful experience. Uh, but even there, you know, God wasn't done. Uh, he, he said, man, you know, I got, I got more for you. So uh, we just continue to pray and, and let God know that whatever you have uh, for us, that's what we want to do. Uh, we don't want to just do what we think we need to do. We want to do what, what you're willing to do through us. And, and so we began to pray that way. And <clears throat> I believe it was a year ago, uh, I was approached and with, with the, the next generation pastor idea and like, you know, I was told that I should be really considering that. And, and, and I like to say that from there, you know, I've just been growing and been fired up about it. But, but really, at that moment, um, I let fear kind of take over my life. Like, like I started having thoughts and doubts of, you know, I'm, man, I'm a messed up person. Like, I, I, I'm a sinner. I do, I do bad things. And there's no way that, that God can use me in, in such a big position. Uh, and God just really just started just working with me and sending encouragers to me and and uh, help me realize that, you know, that's, that's so true. I'm messed up. And, and on my own, I can't do anything. But, uh, but through him and with his help and with his guidance, you know, anything's possible. And, and so, here we, so here I am. Uh, I'm in the next generation pastor position. And, and let me just say, like, as a little kid, that was like a lot of you guys, you know, you dream of being NBA basketball stars or NFL football players. Well, I wanted to be a youth pastor. Like, that was my... That was my NFL player. I seen these guys, and I was like, man, I want to do that. But, you know, like most NFL players, that's unreachable. Well, well not with God. All things are possible through God. Um, so I'd just like to uh, thank you guys for all your uh, support. Like a lot of people I had, didn't even know were coming up to me, and like you, you have my back, and that, that's just so cool. Um, and, and just for your prayer, I really appreciate it. And I just ask you to continue to pray. Uh, Pray for, for me and Katie in, in this in this area of our life, in this ministry, that, that God would just, just move us aside and, and really use us uh, the way that He the way that He wants to. So so yeah, thank you guys. It's good. It's good. Hey, let's uh, let's get some of our staff and some of our leadership team, uh, some kids, volunteers, some of our students. If you guys want to come up here, get around Katie and Austin. Uh, but let's get some of our leadership team, staff, kids, volunteers, student volunteers, whoever. Let's come up here. Let's gather around him. We're going to lay, lay, lay around them, rather. We're going to lay hands on them. We're going to pray for them. So, yeah, come on up here. Come on up here. But watch where you step. Don't unplug anything. The form will explode if you unplug something. Awesome. Awesome. Let's just all get in, get in here. And church, you join us right there where we're at. We're going to pray for Austin, Katie. We're going to pray for our kids' ministry, for our student ministry. Let's pray right now. God, just pray for Katie and for Austin right now. And God, I pray that you'd fill them with your spirit. And God, I thank you. That, God, over these past four years as a church, you have always shown yourself faithful. God, when there was a position that needed to be filled, when we needed people, you brought people. 
God, you are always building your church. This is yours and it's not ours. Summit is not ours. It is the church that Jesus bought, part of his bride. And Jesus, you love this church more than anyone in this room right now. And God, I thank you that you brought Katie and Austin to our church. And God, I pray that you'd use them, God, and that through their lives, God, kids would be impacted, students would be impacted. Father, I pray that you would give them open doors on every school campus. God, I pray that you'd give them favor. God, I pray that you would use them to impact a generation right here in eastern Kentucky and that our church would love them, support them, volunteer and serve along with them. God, give us the next generation. God, give us kids and students and raise them up to be a generation of men and women that boldly want to live for the gospel and the cause of Christ. Use Katie and Austin to impact a generation. It matters now. And Jesus, you love the next generation. You love Katie and Austin. And you've got plans for them. Use them here in Jesus' name. And all the church said, amen. Amen. Awesome. Let's give it up for them. Awesome. Awesome, man. Love you guys. Big deal, man. Big deal. All right. All right, man. This is good. See, this is good. Awesome, awesome. Well, we are starting a brand new series today called Expiration Day. And uh, it's, been, it's been a crazy couple of weeks, hadn't it? It's been a crazy couple of weeks. We survived snowpocalypse. So great to go, guys. We made it. Some of you, like, this is the first time you've been out of the house in two weeks, and uh, I don't know how you survived, and we don't really want to know how you survived. That's important is you survived, all right? You did it, all right? But here, here's, here, here's what I know because I've seen people post about it on Facebook, Twitter, and all kinds of stuff. How many people went to the grocery store in the past few weeks and made sure your family could survive the next six years? Raise your hand. Like, if, the, like if it just kept coming, you're ready. Right? Anybody, maybe you elbowed somebody to get that last, you know, carton of milk or whatever. There you go. A lot of people went to the store, made sure your family was good to go. Um, but here's what you need to know. You know, when it comes to uh, the grocery store, there are two types of people in every grocery store. Okay? I don't know if you know this or not. Scientifically proven, not really, but sure, why not? There's two types of people in every grocery store. Okay? There are number checkers. Okay? There's number checkers, and then there are people that just don't care. Okay? There are people that just don't care. How many of you are in the group where you don't care how many calories are in the food? You don't care really what the food is made of. You just know that you hate going into the grocery store. You want to get in and get out. Is that anybody in the room? Like that's, who is that? There we go. A lot of hands are going up. But see, did you notice, did you notice, did you notice that everybody didn't raise their hand? In fact, the number checkers looked at the people who didn't raise their hand in a judgmental fashion. Right? Because you, know you, know, you know who number checkers are, don't you? Number checkers are people that are going through the grocery store, and it's easy to see a number checker. And listen, I ain't judging you. I'm judging you. It's church. It's free. You're, free to be, you're free to be a number checker. It's something. But you know who number checkers are? Number checkers will grab the food off of the shelf, and what will they do? They will check the side. They'll check the back. They'll read the label. Right? They want, to know, they want to know how many calories are in that thing before they buy it. They want to know if it's got trans fat, no trans fat. Is there artificial sugar? They want to know if it's, if it's organic, processed. They want their food to be as close to cardboard as possible. 
Sorry, no, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. Right? But you know who number checkers are, right? In fact, let's just do a show of hands. How many people you say, yeah, that's me. I'm a number checker. I check that stuff. A lot of hands. See, that's cool. That's awesome. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. A lot of people didn't raise their hand. But there is at least one number that everybody checks. I don't care if you're a number checker or you just want to get in and get out and go home. There is at least one number that everybody checks, and it is the expiration date. It's the expiration date. The expiration date. So, and you know, you can see everybody checking that number in the milk section, right? Because when you grab a carton of milk, what's the first thing you look at? Is it going to expire in the next five minutes, right? It, I mean, it, you look at it and you can see, you know, if this thing doesn't expire for two more weeks or this thing expires in one more week. You're looking at it to see when the expiration date is because you know, right, that if you drink it after the expiration date, it will kill you. Isn't that true? Right? Of course, that's true, kids. The preacher said it has to be true, right? But it has an expiration date. In fact, everything, by and large, has an expiration date. Bread has an expiration date. Soup, expiration date. Coupons, any coupon, uh, anybody do coupons in here? A couple people, a couple people. Expiration date. Hey, get out of the, outside of the world of food. Sales at a store, Black Friday, Right? There's an expiration date on there. You've got to get to the store Thursday at midnight. Do whatever you can because once it hits midnight, it's over. There's an expiration date. Everything has an expiration date. Milk has an expiration date. Bread has an expiration date. Coupons have an expiration date. Everything has an expiration date, including you and me. Everything has an expiration date. But see, the difference between us and a carton of milk is I could look at the carton of milk if I had one on stage right now, and I could look at that, and I could see this milk expires in two weeks on this day. I know when the bread expires. I know when the milk expires. I don't know when I expire. And you don't know when you expire. But you have an expiration date. In fact, let me show you what your expiration date, what my expiration date, what our expiration dates will look like. Look on the screen here. Now, just a disclaimer, I do not know who Josephine Wheeler is, all right? And I Googled this, and I made sure that it's nobody local. This is not anything anywhere near Kentucky. But I've been doing this long enough to know that if by chance somebody knows her, coincidence, sorry. Okay, so, so but, here, but look at this. On every single tombstone, on every single tombstone, you get two numbers, don't you? You get two numbers. What's the first number that you get? 1873. That's the first number. Or, you know, sometimes it has a year like this one. Sometimes it even has the day, the day and the year. But the first number is the, is the year, the day you were what? Born. It's the day you were born. So that number is always on there. And then there's a second number. There's a second number, and sometimes that, that number is the exact day. In this case, it's the year, and that second number is what? It's the day that you die. It's your expiration date. And you know what both those numbers have in common? What both of those numbers have in common is that you don't have anything to do with either of them. Like the year, the day you were born, like there was no meeting with you, your parents, and God. All right, this is how this is going down, right? Like that didn't happen. Like it was just pop, and here you were, right? Like nobody consulted you. You were just born. And you know what? It's kind of the same way with your expiration date. 
There is no meeting with you and God. It's not on your calendar. It probably won't come at a convenient time, but it is written down. There is an expiration date for all of us. And here's what's true. You and I can't change either of those numbers. We don't know when our expiration date is, but you know what? We can't change it. We don't have anything to do with that number. We don't have anything to do with our expiration date. But you know what we do have something to do with on that screen? In between those two numbers, the year, the day you were born, and the year, the day you expire, on every tombstone, there is a what? A dash. There is a dash. And see, you can't change your expiration date. You can't do anything with that number, but you can do something with your dash. And see, that dash symbolizes your entire life. It doesn't matter if during your life you, you receive the Nobel Peace Prize or the greatest accomplishment in your life is that you own the record among your friends for most shows streamed on Netflix in one time. Like, it doesn't matter what you do in your life. In that dash is every relationship you ever had. In that dash is every decision you ever made. In that dash is your marriage. In that dash are your kids and that dash is your hopes and that dash is your dreams and that dash is your life and you can't do anything to change your expiration date but you can do something to change your dash and that's what we're going to do in this series in this series that we're starting today for the next five weeks we're starting a series called expiration date and we're going to learn how to not waste our dash We're going to discover, actually, how to stop existing and start living. And so let me just say this right here, because there's a good crowd here today, and I see a lot of first-time guests. Maybe you're sitting there, and you're like, man, how in the world did I end up at church today? Like, I was desperate to get out of the house from the snow, but I don't know if I was this desperate, right? Or maybe you came because somebody invited you, and you're looking around, and you're thinking, man, I am not a church person. Like, this is not in me at all. Well, let me just say a couple of things, just try to help you and bring your guard down a little bit. You know what? I wasn't always a church person either, all right? I met Jesus when I was 18 years old, 1996. I didn't grow up in church. So, man, listen, I used to think the exact same thing. And maybe you're in that seat and you're thinking, listen, if these people knew what I was doing with my life, man, there's no way they'd let me in this church. Listen, you need to know we started this church for you. There is no perfect people allowed in this church, okay? So if you're sitting there in your seat and you're thinking, man, I got issues, I want to tell you, the people around you have subscriptions. You know what I'm saying? Right? And so you're like, man, church isn't my thing. Let me challenge you with something real quick. Why don't you try church out for five weeks? Because here's what I know. You don't believe in God and whatever, but what I know about every one of you in this room is you don't want to waste your dash, You don't want to get to the end of your life and look back over it and wish you could hit the reset button because you wish you could do the whole thing over. You don't want to do that. So we're going to discover how to stop existing, and we're going to discover how to start living in this series that we're calling Expiration Date. I think it's really a big deal, and I think that you need to be here for the next five Sundays unless Jesus just ends the world with more snow and then we'll be 
Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Right. But here's what I want to do. I want to give you one idea today. I want to start off with one idea as we're kicking off expiration date, one idea that you can take with you. And I just want to unpack this one thought today as we're learning how, learning how to stop existing and to start living. And here's the one idea that I want to give us today. If you want to tweet this or write it down, whatever it is, here's the one thing that I've got for us today, and then we're going to the house. And this is it. That we will stop existing and start living when we begin to follow Jesus. We will stop existing and start living when we begin to follow Jesus. So if you've got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and turn it on on your phone to Matthew chapter 16. If you don't have a Bible on your phone, maybe, maybe you actually brought a Bible with you. Whatever you've got, just open it up, turn it on, it doesn't matter. Matthew chapter 16. If you don't have anything, don't sweat it because the words are going to be behind me. They already are. And we're going to read verses 24 through 26. Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 through 26. It says this, then Jesus told his disciples, now pause for a second, what's a disciple? A disciple is a follower of Jesus. It, it's somebody that, that's, that's a Christian. A Christian in the Bible, another word for Christian is disciple. A disciple is somebody that's met Jesus. They're not perfect, but Jesus has changed their life and they are trying their best to follow him. Okay, let's continue to read. Jesus told his disciples, If anyone will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and, here's our words for the morning, follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? See, Jesus is painting a picture here for how you and I cannot waste our dash. He's trying to talk to us and address us in such a way so that we won't waste our life. So that when that expiration date comes, man, we're ready for it and we didn't waste our dash. And maybe you're sitting there in that seat and you're thinking to yourself, maybe, maybe, you know, church isn't your thing, but you're thinking, you know what, man, listen, Mark, I've been doing life my way for a couple of years now, for months, and listen, I've been in the driver's seat for a long time, and I don't like where this is heading. And so, yeah, they invited me, and yeah, I came, but I'll be honest, I'm here searching for something today, because the way it's going with me in the driver's seat is not going to last long. Or maybe you're here and everything's going good from the outside in. In fact, from the outside in, everybody looks at your life. They wish they were you. But you know, deep down inside, it still feels like there's something missing. I mean, you're looking around at night. You've got all the toys and all the gadgets and everything everybody else wants. But you're saying to yourself, is this it? I just thought there would be more. So you're sitting there and you're thinking, all right, well, Mark, listen, so if you're telling me I can start living when I begin to follow Jesus, well, what do I get when I follow Jesus? You get three things. You get three things when you begin to follow Jesus. First thing you get when you follow Jesus is you get life. You get life when you follow Jesus. So Jesus says this in verse 25, for whoever would save his life will, watch this, lose it. How do you save your life? Jesus says you just keep it. The way you save your life, only to lose your life, is you just keep it and do it the way you want to do it. 
Maybe you keep it and you live the life that your parents told you to live. Or you keep it and you live the life that your guidance counselor told you to live. Or you keep it and you live it the way that your friends and the people around you are telling you to live it. And you just keep it. And yeah, nobody's getting hurt. And yeah, it's your prerogative, Bobby Brown. And yeah, you're doing what you want to do. And, but you know what? You're saving your life and it's in your hands and you're the captain of your ship. You know what? A lot of people are living that way. In fact, Jesus says in the Bible and other places, most people are living that way. Most people are living like life is one big giant lazy river. Who's been to the lazy river at the water park? You ever been to a water park? They have a lazy river. Raise your hand if you've been there. A lot of hands are going up. Lazy river. You know, if you don't know what a lazy river is, every water park has a lazy river. If you don't know what a lazy river is, lazy river is the place where people go in the water park to pee in the water. Um, and just laughing. If you didn't laugh, it's like, he knows what I'm doing. Oh, gosh, right? And so, so Lazy River, this way this works. Every water park has a Lazy River. So you go up, and there's just this, this, just this river that just goes all the way through the park. And there's people in the Lazy River. This is what everybody in the Lazy River looks like. And so what happens is you go up to the steps that get you into the Lazy River, and they give you an inner tube. And how many people know that that's one of the most crucial moments of your life? Right? Because you got to figure out how you're going to navigate that puppy. You know what I'm saying? Now, some people don't think it through at all. And listen, if you're one of these people, I'm glad you came because you need Jesus to teach you how to navigate the lazy river. Because I've seen people do this. They get it, they pull the inner tube close, and they just go plop. Like, just fall in. And then they spend one whole lap in a coma because they just died a little. Right? Knocked out, and then they come back. Right? But, but some people, some people, you know, kind of, kind of, you know, slowly edge their way in. Then some, some, and I, some people do this. This is kind of what I do. When we get to the lazy river, we actually walk into the lazy river, walk around with the inner tube like this. Suck. I got my inner tube right there. That's my inner tube in the illustration. And what I'm doing is, is I am looking at you to see if I like what you're doing, so that's what I can do. I want to know the best position for this lazy river. So I'm walking around. Suck. So I like that, what that cat is doing back there. And so, like, I try to imitate that, or you try to imitate that, and then all of a sudden there's that moment where we're going to jump in the inner tube and, whoo, flash, right? And so, then, and then what do you do? Then what do you do? Once you're in, the, in your inner tube, in the lazy river, then what do you do? Nothing. You ain't got to doggy paddle that bad boy. You ain't got to swim. It's the lazy river. You just be lazy. Because here's what will happen. The current will just take you. The current will just take you downstream and you just float along. And that's what a lot of people are doing with their, doing with their lives. I wonder if that's what you're doing with your life. A lot of people just live life like it's one giant lazy river. And so they're just floating from one weekend to the next. Hate their job, talk about their job and their boss all week long on Facebook. But TGIF, thank God it's Friday. Right? Some of you have a little bit higher vision and you just float from one vacation to the next vacation. And we can all see how, how long it is till you go back to the same hotel at Myrtle Beach every single year. Right? Three months, two weeks, you, let, you go there, then you pack up, come home one year till I'm going back. Some people are floating to graduation. And then once you graduate, life's really going to start. But right now you're just kind of floating to graduation, or you're floating to when you can move out of your parents' house because that's when you can really get some freedom. Or you're floating to when you can get that dream job. Some people are floating to a house, or some people are just floating to a bigger house. Because when you get that bigger house and more square footage, that's what life is all 
about. A lot of people, a lot of people are floating for that relationship. You're looking for the one, that guy, that girl. You're just floating until, until you find them, man, you're just existing. But you're hoping that when you find them, all of a sudden life starts. There's a lot of people, they're just floating till retirement. And then when they retire, they can, they can take as many vacations as they want. They can travel, they can play golf, they can collect seashells. And then all of a sudden what happens for all of those people is what happens for all of us. Our expiration date comes. And then on the other side of that expiration date, we discover, maybe for the first time, or maybe we're reminded again, that there is a God in heaven who made us for more than the lazy river. In fact, Jesus said it this way in verse 26. What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his what? What's the next word? Soul. What good is it if you you float down the lazy river and you're the most popular and the most athletic and the most attractive and you've got the biggest house in the neighborhood and you just constantly get all the promotions and you take awesome vacations and you retire early and you lose your soul? What good is it if you get the American dream but you don't have anything to show for your soul? Jesus says it's no good at all. Because did you know that there's a part of you that will never die? Did you know that? Did you know that there is a part of you right now in the seat, in the seat, in your seat, in you, there is a part of you that will never die. It's called your soul. And after this life, we will step into eternity and every single person in this room is going to spend eternity in one of two places, heaven or hell. And that decision of where you'll spend eternity isn't made after the expiration date comes. you got to make it right now in this life. And see, at one level, we never think about our soul, but at another level, we're always thinking about our soul. The soul is that part of you that God created that longs for and cries out for something bigger than yourself, for something greater than yourself. So people walk all the ra- people walk all through their life or people just float through the lazy river of their life thinking I need more money to make me happy more sex to make me happy more friends to make me happy more gadgets more stuff more square footage more whatever to make me happy and they gain the world and they can't realize that that hunger is coming from their soul and their soul is crying out for life and so Jesus says follow me Follow me. If you save your life, you keep it. Yeah, you're a good person and everybody likes you and you're doing life and you got all the world at your fingertips. But listen, if you keep your life right there, if you're the captain of the ship, you will lose your life. Well, how do I gain my life? Jesus says if you give me your life, if you give him your life, you'll gain your life. So Jesus says, follow me. Make me the leader of your life. Find purpose in and through me. Follow me. Me, and the very second we say yes to Jesus, the very second we say, Jesus, I want to follow you. I need you. The very second we do that, we find life. Your soul, for the very first time, breathes in. And man, it's satisfied because it finds finds its creator. It finds life. But that's not the only thing we get when we follow Jesus. Second thing we get when we follow Jesus We get rest when we follow Jesus. We get rest. I love what he says in Matthew 11. I think it's going to be on the screen. Matthew 11, 28 through 29. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary. Does that describe anybody today? Man, you're just tired. 
and carry heavy burdens. Anybody here today carrying something that's heavy? And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. See, some of you, you've never heard that. You thought Jesus was ticked off all the time and he just came to give you rules and regulations. But he says this, come to me, I'm gentle, I'm humble, and you will find rest for your soul. When you follow Jesus, you get rest. Rest from, rest from what? Rest from guilt. Rest from shame. Rest from condemnation. Listen, I talk to people all the time. I talk to 70-year-olds all the time. I talk to 80-year-olds all the time. And something they did or something that somebody did to them in their 20s still affects them today. Jesus says there's rest for your past. Jesus says there's rest from guilt and fear and shame and condemnation. He gives you rest for your soul. Teenagers, listen, Jesus gives rest for your soul so you don't have to spend your life and waste your dash trying to impress people that at the end of the day don't matter. I'll tell you what Jesus can give you rest from, and this is one of the biggest things of all. Jesus gives you rest from religion. Jesus gives you rest from religion. You know what religion is? Religion is when we try to, when we try to keep rules and obey God in order to buy God off. Somebody here came to church today only because you thought God would like you a little bit more because you showed up and put your butt in a seat. Religion is when we think we can do anything to buy God off. And listen, listen, you will never find rest for your soul in religion because the Bible says that even the good things that we do are filthy rags before God. That's why Jesus had to come and die because religion has never given anybody rest for their soul. So listen to me. Listen to me. The fact that you don't cuss doesn't make you a Christian. The fact that you watch Fox News doesn't make you a follower of Jesus. That your daddy was a preacher and your granddaddy was a deacon and your grandma taught Sunday school. That doesn't get you any points with God. There's nothing that we can do in and of ourselves to save ourselves. And so many people are on the treadmill of religion today and you are going nowhere. That's why Jesus came and he took our guilt and our fear and our shame and our sin on the cross and he died for it so that we can have rest for our souls. You get the rest because Jesus did the work. I'm telling you, if you make the decision to follow Jesus today, you'll get life and you'll get rest. The third one is the biggest of all, but hang with me when I say it. What do you get when you follow Jesus? Third thing, you get Jesus when you follow Jesus. You get Jesus when you follow Jesus. See, Jesus did not come just to get us out of hell. And listen, that's a part of it. It's a big part of it. But Jesus didn't come to do something for us that only kicks in when we die. Jesus came so that we can have the greatest thing of all, which is himself. And so Jesus says, follow me. Jesus came to give us an anchor for our soul, an anchor for our soul so that when the bottom falls out of our lives and it feels like we're losing everything, he came to give us an anchor so that we can hold on to the one thing that we could never lose, to the one thing that can give us hope, to the one thing that we can count on when it seems like the world is fading away. Jesus came to give us an anchor and the anchor has a name and his name is Jesus. Jesus came to give you hope 
And hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. Jesus came to give you forgiveness and second chance and peace and rest and life. And all of those things have a name, and its name is Jesus. And he did that for you. See, following Jesus does not kick in when you start to make better decisions. Following Jesus doesn't begin to happen when you clean yourself off first. So if you're sitting there in that seat and you're thinking, man, I would love to have life, love to have that kind of rest, but Mark, you don't know how dirty I am. You you don't know what I did last night. No, listen, following Jesus starts for you right where you're at. You know how I know that? You know how I know that? I know that's true because that's exactly what happened to the guy that wrote these words that we're reading right now, Matthew. See, Matthew, before he met Jesus, was a tax collector. And tax collectors, in Jesus' day, nobody, hated ta- nobody was hated more than tax collectors. Here's why. Because when they would go around and they would collect taxes in their communities, in their little towns, when they would go around and collect taxes, they would always collect more than what was owed. And so they were always stealing from people. They were always robbing from people. They were always ruining families. They were always lying, cheating, stealing. These guys were, in everyone else's eyes, the scum of the earth. And in Matthew chapter 9, it's, Matthew talks about himself, and he says that he is at the tax booth. He's at the tax booth right there in the center of town, He's at the tax booth collecting taxes. And just imagine this scene. He sees people walking down the street, and he's yelling at him, Hey, hey, Tom, you come back here, you bum. You owe me money. I don't care if that's all you've got. I don't care if that's all, I don't care if that's all you've got to feed your family. All of it's mine. Give it to me right now. Hey, Tom, hey, Joe, you come here right now. You give me everything that you have. You owe me money. So there's Matthew, filthy, lying, dirty, cheating. Jesus Christ sees Matthew. And it says that right there while Matthew was doing that, Jesus walked up to Matthew, looked him in the eye, and said, Matthew, follow me. Matthew, I made you for more than this. You've got more for you than this. This is not your purpose, Matthew. Let's leave this behind today and you can follow me. So I don't know how dirty you might feel, you you might think you are. I don't know how confused you feel today. I don't know how backed into a corner you feel like your life is. But I want to say to us today that Jesus Christ looks at every teenager in this room today, every man, every woman, every grandparent. doesn't matter if you're 8 or if you're 80. Today, you can stop existing and you can start living by today, begin following Jesus Christ. You can do that today. You can do that right now. You can. You don't need to go out and clean yourself off first and make better decisions. No, you just need to come. Say, Mark, well, what do I do? Mark, what do I do to begin to follow Jesus? Because I want life. I I want that kind of rest. I need it for the very first time. Or some of you, man, you used to be right on track with God and then all of a sudden some decisions were made and now you're on a path you swore to God you'd never get on. And you just want to come back today and Jesus is looking at you saying, well, let's go. Mark, what do I do? How can I start to follow Jesus, it's simple. All you do right there where you sit at, all you do is you go to God in prayer and say, God, I am done following other things than you. I'm done living for things other than you. God, forgive me for sin. That's what the Bible calls repent. 
To repent means to change your mind. Jesus, I'm changing my mind today. I'm doing something different with my dash. I'm done existing. I'm done living for the next paycheck. More square footage. I was made for more. Jesus, today I want to follow you. And listen to me. If you cry out to God like that, he will respond. And in an instant, you'll get life and you'll get rest. And more importantly, you will get Jesus Christ. And Summit, I am telling you that not even your expiration date can take Jesus from you. That when it comes, not even death can separate you from the love of God. And so it all comes down to a decision. It's a decision that you have to make for you. Your parents can't make this decision for you. It's a decision that you have to make for you. Your friends can't make this decision for you. It comes down to this decision. Am I going to follow Jesus or not? And you're sitting there in that seat and you're saying to yourself, I know I need to do what he's talking about and I'll do it later. But your expiration date does not work that way. Because I found that expiration dates come at the most inconvenient of times. When goals were still, still being made, when dreams were still being fulfilled, when there was still life to be lived, the expiration date often comes. And I've known a lot of people that have been where you're sitting right now and say, you know what, I need to follow Jesus and I will do it later. And then the next thing they knew, it was their expiration date and it was too late. So it doesn't matter if you're 8 today or if you are 80. If you have never said, Jesus, I want to follow you, that's why God brought you here today. That's why you're at church. Yeah, they invited you, and yeah, you knew that person that was getting baptized, but that's why you came. Because Jesus is saying to you, I love you, and I want you to begin to follow me. Or maybe at one time you used to really be walking with God, you used to really be following Jesus, Something happened, you got off track, and Jesus is saying, hey, you know what? It's time to start following me again. It's time to start following me again. That's why you're at church today, just so that Jesus can say to you, it's time to come back. Because when the expiration date comes, when the expiration date comes, on the other side of that expiration date is God. We will look back on moments like this right here. And if we don't take advantage of those moments, it'll be a time filled with regret. Jesus says to you, follow. Can we all stand for closing prayer today? Let's all bow our heads in prayer and listen. If you don't have to move right now, then, then please don't. I believe that God is, is speaking to people right here in this room. So let's, let's be respect, as respectful as we can and just stay quiet. Stay, stay where we're at just so that God can speak to people. Nobody's distracted. Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name that people hear your voice, that you love them. And the invitation is open for them to right now make the decision, the biggest decision, the best decision. It's the decision to follow you. I pray for people who are Christians and something happened and they just got off track. God, I pray that today 
they would see, you know what? I've got an expiration date. It is coming, and I am not going to live this way. I want to follow Jesus. I feel like a mess, but I want to follow him. God, if there's people like that, bring them back. If there's people that need to make the decision to follow you for the very first time, give them the courage to make that decision. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, nobody's moving and no one is looking around. Let me talk to you today. If at one time you were really walking with God and something happened, man, you just got off track, I want to say to you today, Jesus is saying, it's time to come back right now. It's time to come back and follow me. If you're standing there in that place and you're saying, you know what, Mark, I'm a Christian, but something's happened and I got off track, but today I want to start following Jesus again. Would you raise your hand right now? Raise your hand right now. I want to start following Jesus again. Raise your hand right now. Hands are going up all over this room. All over this room, hands are going up. And listen to me. You can go ahead and put your hands down. You know what? I'm going to ask you to make a bold move right now because, yes, you can stay right there. But you know what? I believe that God is calling you to take such a bold step so that you will remember that today's the day you got back on track. And so here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you just raised your hand, I want to challenge you to get out of your aisle right now. Come up front right here at this altar and just get on your knees to God and say, God, I'm coming back right now. Just come right now. Just come right now. Bring somebody with you. Bring them with you. Come right now. God, I'm coming back today. I'm coming back today to you, God. You come right now. If you raised your hand or you didn't, you just need to come. You come up front right now. Come. Yeah, you could just stand there, but I think you need to do more. I think you need to make a significant move today. You just come back. Come. Come on. People are moving. People are moving. You come. Just come. I'm coming. I'm coming back today. If you're in the main back of the auditorium, you need to make that move. Come on. I'm coming back to God today. I am coming back. Jesus, I'm following you. Just come. We've got time. We, we have all the time in the world for you. Just come. You just come. Hey, Summit, if there's anybody up here alone, why don't you just come up? Doesn't matter if you know them or not. Why don't you just come put a hand on their shoulder? Let them know they're, not in, they're in a safe place. They're not alone here. Why don't you just come up here next to somebody if see him up here alone. Now let me ask another question. And listen, if you need to come, you come, man. You come. God, I'm getting back. I'm, get, I'm following you again, God. I'm done walking away. Just come, man. Just come. But maybe you're here and, and you have never asked Jesus to be your leader. You've never asked Jesus to be your Lord. You've never surrendered your life to him. Yeah, you don't cuss, and yeah, you go to church, and yeah, at the end of the day, that does not get you a relationship with God. Doesn't. Doesn't. If you're standing there and you're saying, I need Jesus in my life, I want to follow Jesus, and I want him to save me today. I am making that decision for the first time. I'm going to pray a prayer right now. If you want to begin to follow Jesus, pray this prayer with me. You want to give your life to Jesus. If you want the life that he gives, the rest that he gives, if you want him in your life, pray this prayer with me today. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me. I want you to be my Lord and I want to follow you from this day forward. I give my life to you, Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for loving me. I want to follow you from this moment forward. 
Amen. With no one looking around, nobody's looking around, nobody's raising their head to see what's going on or anything like that, did you just ask Jesus into your life? Did you just say, Jesus, I want to follow you? If you did, it's the biggest decision you've ever made in your life. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to count to three. And as soon as I say three, if you ask Jesus to save you today, you want to start following him today? As soon as I say three, I want you to raise your hand high up in the air so that I can see it and I can celebrate with you. One, two, three. Raise your hand right now if you want to start following Jesus. There's a hand right over there in the corner. Anywhere else? Anywhere else? You raise your hand right now. I see a hand there in the back. Go ahead and put your hands down. Listen, if you just made that decision, if you just made that decision, I want you to look up here at me. I want you to look up here at me today. If you just made that decision, you just made the biggest decision of your life. You just made the biggest decision of your life. And here's what I want to challenge you to do. We challenged everybody to come up here up front. Here's what I want to challenge you to do. It's going to be bold, but God is in you now. The Holy Spirit is in you. You're starting to follow Jesus. And I want you to make this a significant day. So here's what I'm going to say to you today. We're about to shut down this service, but here's what I'm going to do. If you just made the decision to follow Jesus, I want to meet you today. I want to meet you right up front. I want to meet you right up front. If you raised your hand, you didn't raise your hand, you say, you know what, man, I, I want to follow Jesus Christ. I want to challenge you to make your way out of your island. You just come on up front right now. You just get up here and you can pray, but you come. You come right now. You come right now. This is a safe place, and nobody is judging you, but you come right now. If you want to follow Jesus for the first time, I want to meet you right here. You come on down. People are moving. Come on. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. got people coming. If you're making that decision, you come on. Hey, man, God bless you, buddy. This is awesome, dude. This is awesome. So would you pray with him? If you need to make that decision, you've made that decision, why don't you just come? You just come up front. Say, you know what? I did that. It was odd and awkward and uncomfortable, but I will never forget when I did that in front of 500 people. Just do it. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray and people are up here making decisions and they don't need to leave. They can take all day if they want to. But I believe it's been good to be at God's house today. Amen? I believe it's been good, man. I believe, I believe this is a strong start to expiration date. And listen, you don't want to miss the next couple of weeks of this series. I'm telling you, we're done existing. We're going to start living as people, as families, as a church. We're going to start living, and the world is going to be changed because the decisions made in this room over the next five weeks. Don't you dare miss it. Look at the person next to you and say, don't you dare miss it. Don't you dare miss it. Don't you dare miss it. Unless you got the flu or you're sick, then, then miss it. We don't, like, we don't want that. But hey, listen, I'm going to dismiss you in just a second. If you're a first-time guest with us today, man, take that card and drop it off there in the back so we can give you that free gift. Let me say this. If you want to take the, some of you, uh, right, right now in the multi-purpose room, we've got an event called par- the Partnership Event. If you have never become a partner member here at Summit, get a lot of questions. How do I make Summit my official church? We ask everybody that makes that decision to come to the partnership event. It's 45 minutes. We've got lunch for you. It's totally free. Stick around for that right now. Hey, guys, I love you. You're dismissed. Hey, all life groups are on schedule this week, so if you're in one, mine meets tonight here at 6. Love you guys. See you next week.